0: Is this turned on? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rick Fry in Real Time. We are brought to you by Stream Grace Network and Oneness Ministries. My guest today... I and I, I like the frequency with which he comes and does podcasts with me Steve Eden pastor of Choctaw Grace, Grace, church, Cho- Choctaw. Grace church Choctaw I always get that backwards yeah um, good to be but, here but Steve lives up to the name of his church he's very gracious
1: thank you um I always used to joke about that. You know, if we're going to be called Grace Church, we might ought to have some grace for each other.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that makes sense. It does, doesn't it? (laughs) Um, And our topic today is something I've been thinking about for quite some time. I've already done one interview. i already have two parts of this. Uh, This is going to be part three and part four. Okay. And it's called False Perfection. And... What I mean by false perfection is that in my field, what I used to do as an artist, I tried to I tried to achieve perfection in each piece that I painted. Mm. Never happened. right? Yeah. never happened. So I decided I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about why we are so um, eager, to achieve perfection yeah. Um, apart from God, which you can't do.
1: Yeah, that's the problem. (laughs) problem. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because I read one of your questions about where does it come from, and I thought, well, God and the devil (laughs) probably (laughs) uh, both have a little bit of that that drive or lure towards... um, maybe what we think perfection is but boy they go about it in different ways because like you said there's no way to achieve perfection apart apart from god and uh as i shared this morning with you off the air i don't know that god's interested in us being perfect i know he's not interested in us being perfect apart from him right there there is no such thing I think what he wants from us is dependence and full reliance, you mm-hmm. know. That's what good branches do is we abide in the vine and we receive uh every day of our lives. We just, you know, live out our connection with the vine and uh then he's working uh the works of character and performance if I can use that term. He's working those things in and through our simple Yieldedness, But man, to me, got into, got into trouble from day one in the garden by declaring independence yes. from God, trying to be like God, who is perfect, Yes, apart from God. So I'm going to say that again. If we're trying to be like God, apart from God, that is coming from the enemy. And yes. I can trace it all the way back to Genesis and then again in Matthew 4, in uh, when Christ is here and he's being tempted, and he says... Um, the enemy said, well, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Well, God had just told him. He split the heavens open and said with a loud voice, you're my beloved son and you, I'm well pleased. And the enemy comes right behind it yep. and says, no, if you are the son of God, you've got to perform. You've got to do this. So I think the Father's heart is our full reliance and, and total dependence on him for life and godliness every day.
0: What do you think the difference between... Um, and I just thought of this last night. It was the difference between trying to be perfect and self-righteousness. Is Man, there a
1: difference? I'm not sure there is a difference. I know when I think of self-righteousness, I like to put the term self-based. Righteousness in there, right? And there is only one of two ways you can go. If your righteousness is based on you, it's a self-based righteousness. It's not gifted to you, which is what Scripture teaches. Right? Christ has gifted righteousness to us. We were we were never going to earn it. We were never going to do enough. The only one that's holy enough to produce what would have been acceptable is God, and God never created us to do that independent of Him. I I think that's we lose sight of that. But anyway, there's only two places you can go if your righteousness is self based. You either think you're incredible and God deserves someone like you, <laughs> and you're liable to go to the temple, Luke eighteen, yeah. and look at this other guy and say, God, I thank you, I'm not like him. I'm so much better than him. <laughs> you know. The yeah. only other place you can go though is I'm a worm, I'm terrible, I'm no good. And but see it's still self based. Yep. Because if you're honest, you realize I can't I can't be perfect. Uh, apart from God, and then and then uh, that lands you with, man, I'm in need of a savior. Hopefully, that's that's where you want to be. Is I need to be relying on God. But the other place is if it's self based righteousness, and you're you're trying to be perfect, and you're deceived to thinking you actually are. Mm-hmm. Oh man, those are the people I don't like being around. There, right?
0: Well, there's a it seems like there's a third one, is which is something that I had dealt with is God make me like that guy. Yeah. I want to be like that guy. He's up there preaching. He knows all this stuff.
1: Oh uh, yeah. How
0: can I be that? Guy? I
1: want to be like him. Oh yeah. my stars. So yeah, that comparison
0: yes. kills my identity Yeah, in Christ.
1: It does. And uh, man, that's, that's no bueno, if I can say that. Uh, Spanish. Compar- Spanish for you people out there. <laughs> no good. Comparisonitis. It's a dreaded disease uh, where, you know, even, even if somebody's looking at the, the pastor of a church and thinking, I wish I was like him, uh, that guy's not the standard. Jesus know. Christ is the standard. Amen. And the flaw, there's so many flaws in that because even if one day you are up there, and you're pastoring a church or whatever, what what does that mean? You're no, you're no closer <laughs> to God than you were sitting in the pew. Yep. The, the only way to get to God is through Christ. And then in Christ, man, let him tell you who you are. Let him tell you what he's got for you. You know, we had this discussion not long ago at Grace Church. How do we define success? It can't be numbers and nickels and noses. Success is doing and being. The three ends. Yeah, the three ends. <laughs> that's the evangelist in me. I like, you know, little, little easy to remember things. But uh, success is doing and being who he's called us to do and to be. And if that's with five people in a house, then, Lord, I'm going to be faithful to do that. You yes. asked me to do it. You equipped me to do it. You're with me in it. I'm going to do that. Or if it's, you know, 500 people and a television audience, then then, Lord, I want to be faithful to do that because my life is not mine. It's yours and I'm fully yielded to what your will is, that success is is living dependently on him, and he's your source That's right. for everything.
0: You were talking about um, achieving perfection apart from God. Yeah. And it seems to me that God spent 5,000 years with one group of people proving you can't do
1: it. <laughs> right. If the law was going to teach us anything, uh, I think it should have taught us that apart from him, we can't do it. <laughs> can't but, do- but you saw the flaw. I mean, you, you either have a group of people that thought they were e- amazing. Yes. Because the law. Because and they were chosen. Yeah. And then we're better <laughs> than everybody else. And then you got the have-nots who yeah. we can never, you know. You and, brought us here to die. Yeah. And <laughs> G- Jesus shows up and, well, number one, the moment Jesus stepped foot on planet Earth was the moment we all should have realized we can't do it. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. If he came. He's here, then, okay, this is, the, this is the answer we've been looking for, that the only one who's got the goods to provide what is actually adequate in the eyes of God for a reconciliation to occur right. is here to provide it. It was never going to come through you or me. That was the purpose of the law is to help us to see we're dead before God, if we're independent from Him, we need Him, and not just His Savior, but our everyday life. That's why I like Colossians 2 6, just as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. So you received Him, that's how you got born again. Now, how do you get to know Him? You receive every day. You're a branch, you're humble, you're dependent, you're deriving, you're, you know, but man, Rick. We have been grossly deceived and religion is part of it. Yes. Religion is one of the enemy's best tools for man to try to independently be like God. So much the religion is present day is rooted in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So so go back when the they were already made in the image of God, but Lucifer said, If you'll eat of this tree, you'll be like God yeah. and right. He's not enough. So yeah, he's he, he's not enough. You're
0: gonna you're gonna have to do it. Yeah. Um You were talking about uh, Israel, and it seemed like Israel, God would say, if you do these things, I will... Right, you'll be blessed in the city, or you'll be cursed if you don't. And what they focused on was... The rescuer. They waited all that time for Messiah to rescue them from circumstances. Yeah. And when Jesus did come, they thought he was going to overthrow Rome. That's right. And establish the kingdom that way. Right. So, apart from God, what we want, what we think we need is to be provided and rescued.
1: Yeah. That's true. And what we really need is relationship. Yes. Everything is built into you know, relating to him and knowing him and walking with him, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, Jesus said, and all the stuff you you worry about will be added unto you. Your Father knows you have need of, you right. know. Well, I think what the, the question was was food and clothing and shelter. So he he knows you have need of those things. But uh, it's so funny because he said the the antidote for your anxiety and worry is knowing how much the Father loves you. <sighs> That was his answer. Yes. And so he asked him to make observations. He said, look at the birds of the air. They don't toil or spin. They're not, you know, worried about what's your father's feeding them. And then he said, don't you know, you are more valuable to him than the birds are. And they didn't. That's why he
0: said it. That's why I asked him. So this, this perfection that we try to achieve, um, I'm, I'm, it goes back to this compare what do i compare my behavior against so that i think i need to perform at some higher level yeah and it's because i watch other people yeah who it seems like they have it together yeah and they
1: most of them don't they probably don't yeah <laughs> and even if they if they are looking like they have it together uh and they are you know, Christ followers that you respect, chances are they're deriving all the joy and peace that they have. They're deriving it from him mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, not from their circumstances or how they look or how much they weigh or all those things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we fall into that and I get it. I get it. You know, we got an earth suit and we're st- we are we want to be good stewards of it and all that. But <laughs> man, we're not supposed to be getting our identity and our value and our uh, we're not living and dying by what we look like and what color our skin is and all that. But that's what the world does. The world paints those pictures for us and comparison is soon to follow. But somewhere in Corinthians, Paul said, when you're comparing yourselves by yourselves, it's not wise not wise. Yeah.
0: because the flesh is the one that's deceiving. So there's a great question. Right. Does the flesh
1: want to be perfect or does it just want us to be stuck in the perpetual, you know, hamster on the treadmill? Of taking credit or not taking.
0: Well, the answer to that question is that the flesh doesn't want us to look at Christ. So whatever distractions he can, whatever distractions it not he, it can provide, then we're not looking at Christ.
1: That's it. That's good. (laughs) I think that's right on the money. It serves as a distraction, whether it's looking at other people or looking at your own flaws or looking at their flaws. Because if you're comparing, you know, you might look at a guy and yeah, you might think, "Wow, he's got it all together." I want to be like him. He, you may look at him and think, "Man, that guy's a joke." Yeah, I'm way better than him. <laughs> Either way, it's no good. It's no, it's no bueno. Yeah, no bueno. <laughs> Our
0: word for today is bueno. <laughs> You may want to write that down somewhere. Put it in your notes. <laughs> um, I had a thought about... Um, the, the other thing, the flesh... I, don't, he, I, I, I listen to the flesh. I, it has a voice yeah. in my head. Um, and it certainly isn't the same voice that God has. But you were talking about asking God... For a paper, brown paper bag, bag full of money. Full of money. Yeah. And the flesh would encourage that. Yeah. Because now you're depending on a bag of money and not God.
1: Or even relying on the flesh. See, that's it. And that's why religion has made a lot of money. The flesh wants credit. Yes. That's the answer. The flesh wants credit either uh, for being amazing. Or being terrible. The flesh wants credit and taking our eyes off of him as source. Maybe that's it. The flesh wants to be source for our ups and downs, our joy or sorrows, and Christ wants to be. Uh, Doesn't it say in Romans 8 that the flesh sets itself against the Spirit of God? It will not subject itself to the Spirit of God. Well, there you go. There you go.
0: And that's the whole deception because the flesh wants to be God. Yeah. Right. Yep. And I think that's what... The enemy, Satan, whoever it was, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the garden said, you are capable of being God. That's right. You just got to move away from this guy.
1: That's right. (laughs) You can be like God without him. Without him. You know what he's really saying? Just follow my example. Yep. That's why he was expelled from heaven is because he wanted to be like God, but he didn't need God. He was going to be God all by himself. And see, if you really look at this, that's the lure of the flesh and the enemy is that independent mindset from God to be like God and govern ourselves, and we're not going to submit to him, but that's, that's a bad idea for branches. It is. We are created. We didn't make ourselves, so we're created as derivative beings. We need to be deriving all we are from the Lord, and, boy, you can see it. That's, we emulate Satan. Satan when we live as independent, self-producing creatures, but we're sure not producing anything good.
0: Which branches do you think get trimmed the most?
1: <laughs> man, that's a great question. I would like to think the ones that are really yielded and submitted that, that he does, you know, he works on us yes, and we're willing. We're willing. Uh, th- those probably get trimmed a whole lot. Those that are willing, but man, let's not, ourselves life has a way of uh you know trimming people's branches when they get too too when, far off course when
0: they don't believe when they believe they're the source of the fruit,
1: yeah, it just doesn't work it just it's, doesn't it's it's hard
0: to sustain that yeah,
1: and uh yeah, that's what I mean by life has a way of humbling us it yeah. does yep uh when you're thinking you're thinking you're all that in a bag of chips that's which it goes back to perfection that If you really are striving to be perfect, I saw one of your notes was that those are the most miserable people usually. Uh, They might sustain it for a while, but Mm -hmm. it's coming. And pride, you know, Scripture says pride comes before a fall, and pride is independence, Rick. Pride is self-centeredness. Pride is self-sourcing. We're not made for that. That's why religion was so tricky, is here I am in the, the, quote, house of God. I'm in church. But a lot of what I'm getting, I'm not saying it's all they were saying, but a lot of what I was getting growing up was, this is all up to me. Yeah. And yes. God's in heaven. He's not here. He's not with me. And he's, sure not me. Right. he's sure not in me. He's sure not in me. And he's in heaven cheering or booing yep. what I'm doing. And that is such a fallacy because I could never be like him without him. And how gracious must he be to die for me? so that he could move on the inside of me and then produce his holiness and his beautiful, perfect character and who he is, uh, that he could produce it in and through me. But it's not through my self-effort. It is through my yieldedness and, you know, my my surrender to him.
0: What you just said made me think that looking for perfection creates isolation. Yeah. It, it separates you from, A, people who aren't perfect. Right. And it separates you from what makes you perfect.
1: Yeah, that's right. And it reminds me of James 4 and 1 Peter 5. Both say that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And that simply means oppose in the sense that uh, they don't need his supply and he doesn't force himself on them. But if you're an independent, self-sustaining creature... You're not relying on God. So, you know, I'm not saying, you know, God's opposing like he's out to get him or whatever. I don't think that's what it's talking about. He is looking for the humble. Jesus even said in Matthew 5, 3 in the Sermon on the Mount, if, if you acknowledge your need of God, I, I can help you find grace. Hebrews 4, 16, grace comes in time of need. Yes. So if you want to find grace, acknowledge you need him. Acknowledge you need the Lord, and there he is. He gives grace to the humble to the receptive but like what you're saying isolation independence separation uh they're not calling on god they don't see their need of him and the pharisees couldn't see their need of him it was wild because he would say things to them like if you would acknowledge you're blind your sins would be forgiven but because you say you can see your sin remains on you Now see, they couldn't see, they needed God that to be clean first of all, but then to be housed and, and for him to produce life in and through them, you know, like, uh, a husband with a, a bride, his bride that she needs the husband for that life to be conceived in her and then produced in and through her.
0: Yes. Yes. Man. What do you think? That's wild. Yeah. What do you think, uh, Is there a difference? What is the difference between perfection and excellence?
1: Well, Scripture does say, Romans 16, 19, be excellent at what is good. And I haven't looked up the word in a long time as far as what excellence means. But I think there is a mindset of, um, you know, being, what's the word, Uh, being fully bought in. To what it is the Lord's asking you to do, and fully participating with Him, Uh, even like let's let's talk about the church. So I pastor Grace Church. If people came in and there's you know dirt and straw and mud and you know just everything's unkempt and ugly, I mean that speaks to people. Yes. And what we want to do is we want to put Him on display, and I think so that so we could encourage the staff and people that we want to be excellent let's let the lord's house uh i know that we're the temple of god but um let we want the lord's house to to be well kept now where it gets into trouble is if you think he likes you more because you're excellent at you know picking up trash or keeping mud out of the out of the church building um so I think I think uh, mindset would be the difference between perfection and excellence. It's okay to want to be excellent at what is good. So even like coming on here today, I want to prepare my heart. I, I want to be prepared because when I come on, I want to be a blessing to you and to the listeners. Um, well, I, yeah, but if you, I came if I came on trying to be perfect, oh my gosh! Well, we'd yeah. be we'd be tied up in knots, well, and it'd be a short, be a short interview. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a short interview. Well, that's over. <laughs> Tried and failed. Yeah, unless unless like I said earlier, you can't see it, and you actually think yeah. that you're perfect, independent
0: after the flesh from God, yeah, which I'm, is terrible. I'm, I'm going to bring something to his podcast that he's never seen. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, um, but you when you when god speaks to you about a series that he wants you to prepare yeah. for you want to do the best job you can do that's right. preparing for that mm-hmm. for that series mm-hmm. obeying what god has that's placed right. on your heart that's right. so i think that's the difference yeah. it it's never going to be perfect yeah but it, you can you can strive to achieve um, I love it. A level of excellence. I think
1: I think that's great, Rick. And I would say then the difference is joy and pressure. If it's perfectionism for a series, I feel pressure. Pressure, yeah. and that it's uh, hard to perform under pressure uh, for any human being. But uh, joy in simply doing what he's asked, and Lord, I'm preparing my heart. Uh, I'm yielded to these scriptures that you're laying on my heart that I could share and I yep. could teach in this series. That's joy, man, That because it's a byproduct of your union, right? One of the fruit of the spirit of love, it manifests in the way of joy. So that's the difference. Pressure is a huge component of perfection. And let me take this segment here because I talked about this, I think, in my very first book, Reformations in Prayer pastors who feel pressure, anybody who feels pressure will pass it. You can't help but pass it. So if there's pressure on them to have a great church, if there's pressure on the pastor to have a great ministry, if there's pressure on the pastor that we got to have enough money to pay all the bills and by God, it's up to me. Guess what he's going to (laughs) do? He's going to pass the pressure on to the people and he'll, uh, misuse scripture to do it. Appeal to people's greed or flesh? Like if you'll if you'll give $100 a hundred dollars today, I feel like the Lord is saying you'll get a thousand. Well, if that's really the case, if he's if the Lord's you know saying today's the day we're gonna trade a hundred for a thousand, why don't you give all of us a <laughs> hundred? And the problem solved, right? If the word of the Lord is a hundred for a thousand, we don't need to give you a hundred. You're the one who needs money. You give all of us a hundred. And he'll give you multiple thousands. You
0: you see? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah.
1: So anyway, bottom line on that whole point is we pass pressure. And when you feel perfectionism, and it does come from isolation, it does come from independence, it comes from a mindset that this is up to me. Man, that's a lonely place, Rick. And oh, you're going so to you're going to put people under law. You're going to put people under the, the guise of the flesh. Yep. In order to produce out here something that would alleviate your pressure, does
0: that make sense? Oh, you just answered my next question. Oh, okay, that yeah, makes sense because yeah. the next question is what what role does the church play? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that's what happened. There you yeah. go. Don't yeah. take it personal out there, everybody, because what what I think most preachers, certainly when they get into it are good hearted. I think a lot of what happens is they start feeling pressure yep. and when they feel pressure that they've got to be perfect and the church got to be perfect and we got to have enough money and it's all up to them. You know, one of the best things the Lord ever did for me was tell me it was his church. It wasn't up to me. Yep. And that, uh, and if we close the doors next week, then, you know, okay, son, what do you want to do next? You know, or I go to him and say, Lord, what do you want to do next? Thanks for, it was a great ride. You know, where you don't wear the weight of, of the people or their giving or all those things, you simply uh, you share the truth with them, you share the scriptures with them that the Lord invites you to share, and you certainly give the Lord place to be Lord in that building. Mm-hmm. He, he desires a place where Jesus can be head of the church. You know what I mean? Yes. And so uh, that's, that's the role the church has played maybe in uh, some bad theology in the way of trying to teach that we could be perfect after the flesh, religion will do that. And you can't tell me there's not religion in churches. There is. We try super hard to keep it out, but you know, the flesh, the flesh gets in there. And then secondly, when they feel pressure, uh, that they got to produce something amazing. And, and how about this? Can we just dovetail back to 10 minutes ago? And you're talking about comparison. Yeah. So if this pastor's thinking that, well, I'm, I got to be like TD Jakes, man, TD Jakes, he's got 5,000 people and his budget's 2 million a year. I'm not a success unless I'm like that. You are greatly deceived if you believe that. And then that pressure comes to be like TD Jakes. So I've got to apply pressure on all the sheep. Um, so that I can I can become like TD Jakes and then you know realize or feel like I'm a success. I always wanted to do a skit as a game show style, you know, a skit in church, and and it was called Beat the Sheep. <laughs> Hello again, everybody, and welcome to, to Beat, to beat the, Sheep. the Sheep. Now, if you don't give us enough money today, beatings will continue. <laughs> and. We'll use the Bible if we have to. Like I said, we, we'll misuse the scripture or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, that's how that stuff happens. That is
0: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, pressure. Pressure to avoid failure.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: And I don't particularly believe in failure because failure is an opportunity right. to develop dependence. That's Right. Amen. And you know, depending on God, I have failed because I believed my flesh instead of believing my on true him. source.
1: Failure is not relying on him, right. Success is relying on him, right. And and so whatever that looks like, whatever the outcomes are, we struggle because we want to control outcomes. Now, why do we want to control the outcomes in life? Because we think our value and our identity is tied to our outcomes. That's right. Not true. Yeah. Uh, My value and identity comes from who God says I am. Yes. And then success becomes full reliance on him. Failure is independence from him. And uh, we've really gotten those crossed up over the years. We've gotten those crossed up. Yeah.
0: And you you touched. I'm not going to go there. Okay. Um, Let me say this about
1: failure because you're right. uh, Failure's not an option. It's a necessity. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It is a <laughs> in the necessity. in the sense that anything you want failure to come anytime you're not relying and abiding on Christ. Right. You know, for your for your source. But God is redemptive and people need to hear me say this, it doesn't matter what you've done. Even your failures can become successes to him because he is redemptive. There's no one like him. And he could have said, "No evil can happen on the planet." He could have said that, and that'd right. be a rule. But he didn't. Instead, he has more. It takes more power to to turn what was meant for evil into something good. It takes more power to do that than just say, "Okay, nobody can do something wrong." You just you got to let him teach you. You got to let him coach you. And and it does keep us humble. Rick, failure keeps us dependent. Yes. And deriving isn't it interesting. Paul said he asked three times. Lord, take this from me, the thorn in the flesh. And the Lord's like, nope, my uh, grace is sufficient for sufficient. you, Paul. My power is made perfect in your weakness, which he's just basically saying, I'm I'm manifest in your life when you know how much you need me, yeah. when you're reliant upon me.
0: Yeah. It's not based on circumstances because Paul had some pretty crappy circumstances. He had
1: terrible circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Some people even think that, that uh, persecution was mm-hmm. probably his thorn in the flesh because, you know, he ends up saying, well, therefore I boast in persecutions and afflictions. And, and he did, he had some terrible stuff happen to him when he would preach, they wouldn't take up an offering. They took up rocks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would kill this guy.
1: So maybe that was his thorn in the flesh, but ultimately in the end, it's just like we've been saying, it's, uh, everything works to, to bring us back to full reliance on him. Amen.
0: I love what you just said and I'm I I made it it takes more power to redeem
1: right than to just say not yeah no evil can no happen evil
0: yeah wow I'm stealing that
1: yeah go right ahead free of <laughs> <in> charge
0: <laughs>